0: Welcome to Fear It Goes, the podcast all about taking your fears with you and doing it anyway. I'm your host, Randy Taylor. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Fear It Goes. And we are on episode 11 today. We are talking about keto, keto diet. Yes, the ketosis diet. And what is it all about? So this episode has taken me two weeks to do because (laughs) last week I recorded probably about six versions of this and didn't like any of them, so did not publish last week. And I am very much the believer that we need to just put stuff out there instead of trying to make it all perfect. But you see, with keto, I have a lot of information that I have researched and Studied on the ketosis diet, how it functions in the body, why it's efficient, why it's such an important way for us to eat, um, and what it's done for me over these past two and a half years that I've been on it. Or I shouldn't really say on it because now it's just really become a lifestyle choice for me. And I do do a little bit of carb cycling. I'm not really going to get into carb cycling too much on that. On this podcast, because really, I could information dump on you so bad, but that's not going to help you. I want to give you everything that you need to know what it is, to know why I decided to do it, to know some resources for it, and then go out and discover whether it's right for you. Because when it comes to anything in your life, never allow someone to dictate what's right for you. We know our bodies better than anybody else. And if you're paying attention, your body will tell you whether or not this is going to be the right thing for you. Now, from that point, I will say that about 80% of the population does benefit from this diet or this way of eating. And it certainly can kickstart um, a change in what your body is capable of doing when it comes to the ability to process fats in our body and utilize them as a fuel source. Yay! Because right now, you currently eat three main macronutrients. So we're going to start there. Your macronutrients would be carbohydrates, protein, and fats. Now, we take energy from all three of these, and I tend to like to categorize sugar as a separate because we now have sugar in so many things and straight up glucose or fructose, fructose is really coming from your fruit. So it's not usually as bad simply because you have fiber and a few other things attached to that. But straight up sugar is its own energy source and it's really, really fast. So if we drink a Coke or you have a chocolate bar or whatever, whatever, quick, fast form of sugar you're taking in, your body breaks it down really, really quickly. So when we think about macros, think of it this way. Sugar breaks down fastest, carbohydrate breaks down right behind it, unless it's a complex carb. So something like a brown rice or any of your heavier grains, um, like buckwheat or barley or oats or any of the grains along that line, or when you're thinking about stuff like quinoa, or we start to get into some of those ancient greens. Quinoa isn't really a grain, actually, it's a seed, but um, it's still extremely nutrient and it breaks down a little bit slower. It's not a super fast breakdown in the body like sugar is. So then we move into proteins and fats and they break down much slower in the body, but they give us a really nice level energy. Now, the problem is today we live a very... Sid I never can say this word right? <laughs> it catches me every time. <laughs> sedate, sedentary, sedentary. I can never say it. We live in a world where we sit too much, so because of this, we are storing more than we are actually um than we're actually burning. The problem is, see, we used to burn a lot more because we were a lot more active, we were a lot more physically active, we worked in fields, we worked in factories, whatever we were doing, we were physically active. It was not a common practice for us to be sitting all day long in a chair. So now we actually don't need as much energy as we did before. But the problem is we still take in quite a lot of calories and our calories are energy. So when our body breaks them down, we use what we need and store the rest as fat. This is our storage for later. Our bodies are smart. They want to make sure that we got stuff for later for in case we have no way of getting it. But we don't live in that world today. We live in the world where we can go to the grocery store, and we could get whatever we want whenever we want it. It's at the tip of our fingers. The problem again with this is we're taking in more than we actually need. So Out of those three or four, whichever way you want to look at that, but out of your macros, and really just count it as three, but out of your macros, you're really not utilizing all of those fuel sources with the amount of calories you're taking in unless you're active. So if you sit at a desk all day and you don't go work out or you don't go for a walk or you don't do this on a daily basis where you're getting your heart rate up and using your muscles, your body doesn't need it. In most cases, please understand that there will always be exceptions to rules. Some people's metabolisms burn much faster than others. Some people just have a very highly efficient fat fuel burning body. And we're going to talk a little bit about that too in this episode. Um, so, when we look at those macros, we're storing too much, right? So, we see this all throughout countries around the world, we see people walking around with excess weight. Now, excess weight has to do with a few things. But the biggest factor for excess weight, and again, I'm not a doctor, so some doctors will not agree with me, but some doctors would definitely agree with me. And they're the ones on board with the understanding of what the microbiome or your gut biome does. And how it functions in the body. And there is way too much research out there now today to say otherwise. We can't deny that our gut biome does really control a lot of our weight. So what is the microbiome? Well, these little beauties are the bacteria that sit in your gut, in your stomach. And they govern how well we absorb our food. Um, how healthy we are, whether we're able to rid ourselves or or, um, defend ourselves against bad bacteria or unhealthy bacteria. And they also tell you what you want to eat. Now, yes, I did just say that. They function as a second brain in your body, completely independent from your brain between your ears. Yes, I did say that. We have more than one brain in our body, and up until probably 15, 20 years ago, science didn't really recognize that. Everything was thought to be done in our brain. We have more neuroreceptors in our heart and our gut than we do in our brain, and we have trillions. So you might be asking, well, we have all of these neurotransmitters. What does that mean? Well, 90% of serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter, and it's your happy neurotransmitter, you have a a few of them, one's dopamine, one's endorphins, and one's serotonin, but that is produced in your gut. So yep, your lovely little microbiome is taking care of 90% of serotonin in your body. Your little microbiome is saying, please feed me that chocolate cake, or it's saying, please feed me that broccoli. And it depends on what your biome consists of. So if we have a healthy microbiome, it's going to ask you to feed it something healthy. And if it's unhealthy, it's going to crave all the things that are unhealthy. So when back before I actually learned about any of this stuff, I had a massive weakness for cinnamon buns. I don't know why cinnamon buns of all things, but for some reason, cinnamon buns, and actually I can't totally say that because chocolate's always been a weakness for me too. However, now I just eat darker chocolate and I love it and I I don't eat as much of it because the richer the chocolate, I find the less I want to eat large or consume large sums of it. It's kind of a beauty of eating very good, high quality foods is you tend not to want to eat as much. Now, so we've talked a little bit about the microbiome, but there is a ton of research that goes along with the microbiome and what it does. So we know that it's producing a bunch of our happy hormones in our body. Yay, keeps us happy, right? We know that it's also telling us what we want to eat. So if I'm craving cinnamon buns and baked foods all the time and stuff like that, it's because that's the bacteria that exists in my gut. So those guys basically want to stay healthy and they want their colony to stay there. They want their city to stay there. So they are telling me, eat this, eat this, because it keeps us healthy. It doesn't mean you are healthy. You are a, you are a host to these bacteria. And really, in most cases, we are a symbiotic host. They get along with us, we get along with them, everybody's happy. But the problem is when we have a very high Um, carbohydrate diet, where we eat lots of carbohydrates and we're not burning them all, we typically also have a relatively highly inflammatory diet. And what that does to the body is it stresses it out. If we have inflammation in the body all the time, your body is basically under attack. Your body is in stress mode all the time. We are seeing now, and this is my belief And I could be wrong, but I really highly doubt it. We are seeing now in society or in country upon country that has had this diet, so the North American diet, where it's very high in carbohydrates, and we see one, excess weight on a lot of people. We see two, diabetes shoot through the roof, which is an inflammatory disease. We are seeing Alzheimer's on the climb to the point where... It scares me. And this is initially what got me thinking about all of this to begin with. So I started my journey a couple years ago because of a book. The book was called Brain Maker. It's written by a neurologist. Yeah, a brain doctor. So it's called Brain Maker, and it's all about the microbiome. So why is this neurologist specializing in the microbiome? Because he sees the correlation now between our gut biome and what's happening in the brain. So inflammation in our body for long periods of time creates chaos in the body. I cannot recommend this book enough. I have recommended this book nonstop. Back when I was in finance, I used to recommend this to every single client. Because I really believe that if we take care of our bodies and we do what we're what we really should be doing for them. We will never see disease the way that we see it today. And that was the biggest lesson I learned when I first started researching. When I first read the book, I went, wow, I can't unknow that now. I can't pretend that I don't know this now. I can't pretend and continue on the way I have knowing that I'm setting myself up for a life of suffering later. I may not suffer right now, might be okay, but then later on, I'm going to age poorly. I'm going to struggle. I could very easily experience diabetes, um, Alzheimer's. I could experience fibromyalgia. I could have arthritis. I could have tons of very negative effects from my diet. So that changed everything for me and that was the beginning of my quest into what's going on in the body and how do we how do we grow old well i'm still pretty young i'm in my 40s honestly i don't look like i'm in my 40s which is a blessing and i don't feel like i'm in my 40s my brain is more acute now than it ever i can't say ever has been but maybe Cognitive awareness, being able to recall information or retain information. These were some of the biggest benefits I noticed very quickly due to changing my diet. So as soon as I increased fats into my diet, because we believe that fats are the enemy, they're going to make you fat if you eat fat. That's not true. Fats are absolutely needed. We need them for our brains. Our brains are made up of two thirds fat. And we need healthy fats in our body to function well. They lubricate, they feed us, they help our brains function clearly. And when our bodies are capable of using them as an energy, they are extremely efficient. So let's talk about keto. The ketosis diet. What is ketosis? Well, keto is when the body uses ketones for energy. Ketones are produced when the body burns fat for energy. They are also produced when you lose weight or if there isn't enough insulin to help your body use sugar for energy. Without insulin, glucose builds up in the blood and since the body is unable to use glucose for energy, it breaks down fats instead. When we remove sugars, because this this is the keto diet, okay, we're going to take sugar out completely. And yes, I said sugar. This is why I like to kind of clump it in its own category. So we take sugars out, we reduce carbohydrates considerably, we increase fats considerably, and we have our protein. Now, a typical keto formula would be something like 65 65 to 70% fat, 20% protein, and 10 to 15% carbohydrate. And understand, your fruits and vegetables contain a fairly large quantity of carbohydrates. We know that fruit typically will have more carbohydrates than vegetable will. However, certain vegetables do actually contain quite a lot of carbohydrates. An example of that would be something like a beet or a carrot. Now carrots are high in beta carotenes. They have lots of nutrients in them, but they're also really, really high in sugar. That's why they taste so good. (laughs) I love fresh carrots from the garden. Beets. Beets are also really high in sugar and they also have really amazing properties and they're anti-inflammatory vegetables. So I still eat some beets, but not very often. And carrots, they're occasional because they're just, They're just really high in sugar and I don't want to take that sugar in. However, there's also fiber involved with those. And when we look at carbohydrates, we have to look at the net carb. And we get this by doing this. You take the grams of carbohydrates minus the grams of fiber in that vegetable and you get your net carb. So it's carbohydrate minus fiber equals your net carb. Now for us to get into ketosis, we have to eat like this. So we're going to watch our macros and we have to eat like this for a period of time to actually allow our bodies to produce ketones because our bodies aren't really doing that right now if we're eating a whole bunch of glucose and we're eating a whole bunch of sugar and we're eating carbohydrates regularly because we don't need to. Our bodies don't need to, but our bodies adapt pretty quickly to what we eat. So it takes about a few days depending on how you get into ketosis and you can kickstart a ketosis in a couple days or it can take up to weeks for some people it's two weeks for some people it's six weeks and then we work into the carb adapting so we can get into ketosis pretty quick but our body still haven't kind of rearranged some things to allow us to create these ketones and utilize them very efficiently that can take anywhere from a few weeks really up into quite a few months to become truly fat-adapt. But once you are fat-adapt, you can burn fats even if you do eat carbohydrates sometimes. And that's when carb cycling comes in and it actually works our metabolism in really great ways and intermittent fasting. And there's a lot to know around ketosis. And I truly mean this, I can barely touch on this today in this podcast, because there's so much to know. But I'm hoping from this podcast that it gives you just enough taste and understanding so that you go out and read on it. Because I want you to live the longest life you can in the healthiest, happiest, most beautiful way you can. And I think physical suffering is not a beautiful way to live. So back to ketosis. I read the book. I read many books after that. I read a lot about intermittent fasting and I I do this a few times a week. Intermittent fasting means there's periods of time that I go with no food at all because it kind of gives the body an opportunity to do a little bit of a reset. It does some corrective work within the body and if you really want to do a really good reset in the body, fast for a few days. If you can fast for three, four, five days, Your body does incredible things. I have been reading up a lot on autophagy. It sounds like a really crazy word, but it is fascinating stuff. If you ever are really interested in how the body can heal itself and what happens when we fast, definitely something to read into. So I just told you that we could kickstart keto in the body. And this is the body's ability to burn fats as energies. So first things first, I just talked about fasting. That is the fastest way for the body to get into ketosis because you are no longer providing an energy source. So if we fast, our body is going to look for any energy it can take. And where where will it draw from? It'll draw from our storage, which means our fats are going to be utilized and that's where ketosis kicks in. So, we can kickstart a ketosis diet very quickly with a couple days fast. Now, when you fast, there's a few things you need to know. One, you need to still have some electrolytes because our bodies require certain salts. Certain, we need things like potassium and magnesium. We need these things to function healthy. So, electrolytes are really important, um, and a lot of fluid because. When you fast, and even when you go into ketosis, your body is going to start clearing out a whole bunch of stuff that you've been eating through processed foods. And one of the first things it's going to it's going to draw from you is a bunch of sodium. It's going to pull out a whole bunch of water and sodium because that's how it's going to flush it through the body. So one of the first things you notice on the ketosis diet is your face. Your face will lose weight quickly you will shed pounds very quickly within the first week and this is why it's you're you're losing water really you're losing water and a few other things you need to make sure that you eat very very well when you when you do the ketosis diet so some things to know are healthy vegetables pretty well all your leafy greens are really good for you they're low in cal they're great nutrient packed vegetables, and they're going to really benefit your body. You want to make sure that you're putting in a whole bunch of nutrients when you're cutting out other ones from fruit. So most fruit are out in the beginning. You can start to incorporate some fruit back in when you're in ketosis, but not in the beginning. In the beginning, you kind of want to keep your diet really, really clean and keep your sugars down as much as possible. Because when you track your macros, And for most people, they kind of need to do this in the beginning because they have no idea the quantity of carbohydrates in your fruits and vegetables. So when you start doing this diet, it's really important for you to track your macros because you want to know that you're getting enough fats in your day because you really want that to be your primary source of energy. Because again, if your macros are off, you're not going to produce the ketones that you need for your body to be able to burn the way that the diet is there to or designed to do. Now, speaking of diet, I really should have done this more at the beginning. And I'm sorry, I'm kind of putting this later on in the podcast. But I am going to tell you, the keto diet kind of originates from our original diets. Back in caveman days, we were foragers, we would eat whatever we could, we would kill animals, we would eat that we would eat the fat we would, like we ate what we could. And fats were a very healthy part of our diet until about the late 70s. And back in the 1920s, the keto diet was kind of developed. They found it uh, worked really, really well with epileptics. So again, this deals with people with problems within the brain. There is a lot to be said about taking in enough fats And utilizing fats as an energy source that creates some really, really wonderful benefits within our body and within our brains. In the late 1970s, the report came out, fats are bad, we shouldn't eat those, and then everything got flipped upside down. Everything went low fat, and to replace fats, because fats taste good. They taste good to us. We love the way fats taste, butter tastes delicious. Um... Bacon fat tastes delicious. Olive oil tastes delicious. Avocados taste delicious. There's many, many fats that just taste so good. And the cool thing about fats too is they make you feel full. So our food industry needed to replace it with something that tasted good. So what happened? Lots and lots of sugar came into our processed foods and we went into low fat and higher sugars. And I think that that is, again, this is my belief system, but I really doubt that this is only my belief system. And I really doubt that there an information that would back this, but I am not a doctor. I am not proclaiming to be a doctor. So take this with a grain of salt, but I really do believe that that was the beginning of where we start, where we started to see the problems that we now see, um, thirty years down the road, and the results of high sugars in our in our food supply. Um, so, anyways, diets changed, fats went out, sugars came in, and now we have tons and tons of people with diabetes and a whole bunch of inflammatory problems. Um, we see Crohn's, we see lots of digestive issues because we're not really meant to eat the quantity of sugar that we eat today, like at all. Sugars were always meant to be a treat. They were always meant to be something that was um, taken in occasionally or less often. And don't get me wrong, carbohydrates are absolutely necessary in our diets when you're doing certain things. Like I went and did we have some stairs here. And there was a fundraiser not that long ago. And I went and did the stairs for the first time. There's like 200 stairs. And it's a very challenging exercise. Um, I went and did these stairs in the middle of a fast, like a crazy person, because I was not thinking prior to going to do the stairs. I wasn't thinking I, I certainly hadn't prepared myself. And I know better. And I know that Doing an exercise like that requires, actually does require carbohydrates because it's like sprinting. So when you're exerting a lot of energy in a short period of time, you do need carbohydrates because you need something that's going to give you that very fast energy, not a slow burn like a fat or a protein. Fats and proteins can give you very, very consistent energy, unlike the carbohydrate that will spike your glycemic index... And it'll give you a good sugar rush or it'll give you a good rush in the body. So your body has lots and lots of energy, and then you expel it, and then it's gone. So understanding how foods work in our body is really important when it comes to different things that we're doing. But honestly, if you're sitting in a desk all day long and you maybe go to the gym or you maybe don't, you've got a lot of excess weight on you, and you're you know, you're having some problems with digestion and maybe IBS is an issue for you and Maybe you're experiencing some weird autoimmune disorders. This is kind of some fat, oh, allergies or allergies. There is some fascinating things that go along with our diet and what we are feeding our machine. Our machine needs good, healthy foods. It needs good, healthy fuel to function well and to function for a long period of time. If I kept dumping in crappy fuel into my car that was laden with, I don't know, let's say sand. I don't know what would be a bad additive or whatever for fuel. I I don't know that. So um, bad example. (laughs) But you get the gist. If I was doing that to my car over a very short period of time or over the the lifetime of my car, it's not going to function very well and it certainly isn't going to last very long. And our bodies are adaptive, but only to a certain point. And we can adapt extremely fast to something that is garbage. So the keto diet is a really great way to kind of kickstart one healthy eating to a clearer mind because let me tell you, when the brain fog lifts, <laughs> you will be shocked at how you've been surviving this long with brain fog because it's one of the first things you notice All of a sudden, you have a sharper mind. When the weight falls off, because it does, it slides off you like you never had it, like it was never yours to hold. When you have more energy... When you feel better and you're actually happier and you're starting to consider going out and doing things that you haven't done in years, that was one of the major benefits. Oh, there's so many benefits I've had, but that was one of the big benefits that I experienced right away. I was like, huh, I wonder what it would be like to go out and go for this hike or go for this bike ride, or I wanted to start getting more active. And that's another thing that'll kick you into ketosis and keep you in ketosis um, really quickly. And there's such a beautiful correlation between the way we eat, the energy that we expel and how we expel it through exercise, and how it correlates with our thoughts. I notice when I'm having a really crappy day, (laughs) or I shouldn't say a crappy day because I never really have crappy days. I have crappy moments in, in a day. But when I have those moments and my thoughts are just, Diving down a rabbit hole that is negative, and that's not like me. But when that happens, the first thing I think to myself is, "Okay, so what have I done today that's helped my mindset? Where's my diet at? My diet's good. Have I exercised today? Oh no, I haven't. Have I done anything that's a mental um, gift to myself, like meditation? Nope, I haven't done that either. Oh, this is where the problem exists." So when we're doing all these things that allow our bodies to function in the best way, our minds function in the best way too. I know I just kind of went off on a weird tangent and we're talking about keto, but it is really, really interlinked. So the keto diet, I highly recommend reading Brain Maker. You could also read Wired to Eat um, by Rob Wolf, also an excellent book. Um, There are so many great resources out there, whether it be book, whether it be websites, there are recipes everywhere on the on the internet for great keto recipes. Um, and honestly, I can cook a dinner and this is like from scratch and I'm not using a box of any kind. I almost never, ever buy stuff like that anymore. Um, it's very rare that we have stuff like that in the house. I typically do everything from scratch because it doesn't take that long. And when we use whole foods, we're actually getting all the nutrients and vitamins from what we should be instead of the additives that have been put into the processed food to give us the nutrients or the the, uh, the vitamins that we're looking to attain. Speaking of vitamins, one thing I want to address today is this. If you are over the age of 35, collagen is extremely important in your body. It's extremely important in your body and your body stops producing and it stops working with it. It starts to deplete after the age of 35. It is something you need to supplement in some way, shape or form. Whether you take it as a supplement, and this is internal, whether you take it as a supplement, whether you use... Um, Bone broth, this is why you hear all these things about bone broth, because it's collagen related, and it's so good for you, and it's so good for your gut. The reason being is because collagen, what it does is it it is the integrity of your gut lining. So without collagen, that integrity is compromised, and we get what's called leaky gut. And then we are not able, over time, we're not able to actually absorb all of the vitamins and nutrients from our food. And guess what happens then? Trouble! You are no longer getting what you need to be healthy. So, and it keeps your gut biome also quite healthy and happy. Um, Another thing that keeps your gut biome happy and healthy is um, what we call prebiotics. So, when you eat your yogurts and When you're eating a yogurt, you should really honestly, and again, I don't mean to preach, but it's the sugars in your yogurt. If you're eating a commercial yogurt and it's sweetened and it's got all this stuff in it, you got so much sugar in there that you're really not getting the best out of your yogurt. So straight up planes are great. You can add your own jam to it. You can add your own stuff to it that makes it delicious. And trust me, I, I can put up some recipes for you guys that would make your head spin, how good yogurt can taste like dessert. Um, And tonight, really honestly, I just made a chocolate mousse that was heavenly and it took me about, I don't know, 30 seconds to make it. And it's extremely healthy. Um, There's no reason why we have to eat unhealthy, to be honest. There is no reason why. But with your yogurt, you want to make sure that you get uh, plain yogurt And then just add your stuff to it, add fruit, add... I make compote all the time, so it's just really, really lots of fruit, like a lot of fruit with very little sugar in it. And I use a sugar substitute, and there are a whole bunch of those that are great for you that are prebiotics. Prebiotics feed your probiotics. Your probiotics are your gut biome, okay? So when you see probiotics in the store, they are your gut biome. When you see prebiotics, that's the stuff that feeds them. But our foods can feed them, and there certainly is there certainly is um, types of foods that feed them more. So things like artichoke hearts, um, yicama, fermented foods, kimchi, kefir. Kefir is basically like a really runny yogurt. It's delicious. Um, Fermented tea, which is kombucha. Love that. I make my own. It's so yummy. And kefir, honestly, it takes me about three seconds to make a kefir. It's so easy to make it and it's delicious. So there is a lot of different foods out there. And again, these are there's so many resources on the internet. I, I swear, please take a look at this because this is you in 20 years. This is you in 30 years. And this was the biggest smack over the head for me was what do I want my life to be like when I hit 70, when I hit 80? Do I want to be bent over? Do I want to be in a chair? Do I want to be like like... Slowly moving, or do I want to be really active? I want to age so well that by the time I'm 90 or 98, I am still moving like a 70 year old, just like today I move like a 20 year old. I want to be so healthy that I live a really rich, full life all the way through. So the question is, what do you want? Your diet will dictate a lot of that because 80 to 90% of your body weight is based on your diet and your gut. Actually, almost all of it's based on your gut, but your diet reflects your gut. So what do you want your life to be like in 20, 30, 40 years and when you get older? Do you want to live a life of a painful, suffering aging? Or do you want to age well? Because trust me, It's not about taking a magic pill. It's about eating well. And it's not really that hard to make the change or to adjust a diet. That's all I'm going to do today talking about keto. Um, If you're looking for resources, I will post a few on the website um, underneath the podcast um, information for this particular podcast. I know I don't really do that right now, and I'm sorry. I have a lot on my plate. But I will do that for this episode because I think it's absolutely crucial that you guys have some resources and some places to go to, to check things out. It's well worth your time and effort. So that concludes today's episode on keto. Next week, I am still contemplating which one I'm going to give you. So it's going to be a surprise. I'm not even going to tell you today who the interview is with because honestly, I'm kind of tossing up which one I'm going to give you. Um, The sex series that I talked about a few episodes ago, we are starting to lock everybody in now. And it is, oh my God, I'm so excited. You don't even understand. And there is going to be some things in there that are going to make your head spin, might make you mad, might make you super excited, might make you blush. But whatever it does, I hope it makes you think And I hope it helps you expand because that's what we're here to do. We're here to move outside of our comfort zones and push boundaries and be our greatest selves to the rest of the world. So my beautiful souls, please come check us out at fearitgoes.com. Again, I'll have resources on the podcast page for you. If you like us, subscribe. Uh, we're on iTunes and Spotify, and we're moving on to a few other platforms as well. But those are the, the two big ones. Um, subscribe, like us, write comments. We would love to hear what you would like to hear about on the podcast. So send me a note. Um, if you go to feargoes.com, you will see the section at the bottom that says comment here. Please send me a note. I'm I would love to hear about it. If you are interested in some of the stuff we're doing, which we're doing a lot, come check us out. There's so many things in life that can take us down the path to greatness. And I am here to bring it. And that I will. I will always give you more than you ever expect. Until next week, my beautiful souls, have an absolutely extraordinary week.